Hello and welcome to WISE, Winkwit Sherwood's podcast series where we discuss various themes and topics within English law. Today, we are joined by Jamie Barton and Amy Brown, who will be discussing the long-term impact the coronavirus pandemic might have on our commercial lease drafting. We will be looking at the predicted rise of turnover rent leases. Turnover rent, for those who do not know, is rent that is calculated by reference to the turnover generated at the premises, usually used in retail sectors. Turnover rent usually forms only part of the total rent payable. Jamie and Amy, there was a statistic recently that turnover leases still account for less than 10% of the sector. But I know you two have been dealing with them for over a decade. So why do you think that is? Yeah, that is surprising. I think probably the main reason is that obviously anytime you have a lease with a variable income stream, that does represent a lack of certainty um, and heightened risk really for landlords. So whilst they can uh, get a share of the rewards when trade is booming, at difficult times they might end up with little or no rent. Um, So traditionally they have approached these with caution, um, particularly where landlords themselves have got fixed debt repayment liabilities that need servicing. Um, additionally, from a valuation perspective, it can be a bit tricky to uh, to value a property that's subject to turnover rents. Traditionally, obviously, income has always been the main um, driver for determining the value of a reversion. So it, it can be tricky and it's something that I think valuers are going to need to get to grips with more uh, going forward as we start to see these turnover leases um, increasing in popularity. Um, finally, increased costs uh, and management time as well. Um, not only in the beginning of a transaction when you've got a lot of uh, terms to negotiate in a lease to deal with the turnover provisions, but also in terms of ongoing costs and management time. Um, You've got things like audited turnover certificates, um, increased data production and sharing, increased record management. Um, Landlords might want to do audits of all of the records. So just generally, the whole process is a lot more complex and costly than the traditional fixed rent structure. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And and one of the things you mentioned there is lack of certainty for the landlords. But I think there's some things we can do within the leases. So typically, most turnover leases are matched with a guaranteed minimum base rent, often geared to about 80% of the open market values. There's some certainty of income there. But let's be honest, we are starting to see an increase of turnover rent only leases. But even there, you sometimes see retrospective base rents or on-account rents put into place once a tenant's had a a turnover period, but a few months, possibly up to a year, to see how trade's going to develop and to try and give some certainty after that first turnover period for the landlord. And there are other protections as well. Sure. So the obvious one is keep open clauses. Um, Traditionally, these were always used as a way for landlords to try to ensure that trade at the premises was maximised, that it stays open, that the customers are still coming in and spending money. Um, It's now widely accepted that these clauses are essentially non-enforceable. As a result, we've seen more landlords going towards penalties for non-opening. In my view, these penalties don't necessarily represent a true pre-estimate of the landlord's loss. Um, Alternatively, what I think is perhaps a better way of dealing this is uh, to deal with deemed turnover provisions. So uh, these would be based on the average daily turnover for the premises on the days it was open for trade. Um, And I think this more accurately and realistically reflects the loss that's likely to be suffered by a landlord if if the the premises isn't open for trade and nobody's spending any money. Um, But tenants do, of course, need to be careful about carve-outs from these, particularly at the moment in light of any potential future lockdowns. Tenants don't want to be having to pay 
deemed turnover rent on um, a premises that hasn't been producing any money for them. Um, another protection uh, that landlords can seek is for a flexible lease. Um, for example, with break rights, if certain turnover thresholds aren't met, um, this entitles a landlord, of course, to be able to remove a tenant if it's trading poorly, perhaps replace them with a tenant that's projected to have much higher turnover and therefore yield a better rent. And this is something that I know I've been seeing for a long time in outlet leases. So it's not a new concept. No, no, I, I mean, I quite agree. And I just hope that this predicted rise in, in turnover leases might be the start of a new relationship between landlords and tenants. So, so many years it's been seen as adversarial. But I've seen countless examples um, in the last few weeks of landlords and tenants working together, often outside the ambit of the strict legal position within the lease, to agree re-gears, to agree new deals that help the tenant get through these difficult times, help the landlord to meet its commitments. Um, and perhaps this is the start of a healthier relationship. With, with a turnover lease, the landlord's effectively taking a stake in the tenant. It needs the tenant to succeed at that precise location. Um, and that's going to need data sharing. The tenants are going to have to be really open with what is and what isn't working, sharing that data. But the landlords also have a wealth of information, footfall data, shopping habits. That data needs to be going backwards and forwards so the parties work together. I also think the tenants are going to have to work really hard on their, on their properties to make sure that they're relevant, to make sure they're giving their customers a really immersive experience. And the landlords can help there, I think, with flexibility on use clauses within leases to make sure the um, retailers and leisure operators can think outside the box a little bit, and perhaps on um, alienation provisions to make sure that you can easily share occupation with third parties who can come and provide these additional services that customers now require. Clearly, shopping habits are changing. The way that traditional brick-and-mortar properties are being used needs to adapt. So how do turnover provisions keep up with that? Well, absolutely. And uh, there's a bit of second guessing because obviously we need to try to capture anything that in the future might might change as well. Um, as you've mentioned, sharing occupation, granting concessions, that's something we're seeing a lot more of. Um, and parties need to think whether or not these sales are going to be part of the turnover, um, obviously, in which case tenants need to make sure that the underlying concession arrangement doesn't leave them short. Um, things like internet sales as well, we're seeing a real change in the retail landscape in terms of digital purchases. And this can be pure click and collect, click and reserve, uh, online ordering terminals, even within stores, um, sales assistants sometimes within stores being able to order items for customers. Um, you've got sometimes internet orders which are fulfilled from stock at the premises um, versus perhaps fulfilled from stock at a distribution centre. So there's a lot of different sort of e-commerce things to think about as well. Uh, likewise, returns. Um, sometimes you've got returns that have been, uh, the, the item might have originally been purchased in one store, returned to another. You've got in-store uh, returns for a lot of companies now for online orders. Um, so all of this really needs to be thought about uh, in terms of whether they're within or outside of the turnover provisions. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that obviously tenants accounting um, software is getting more and more advanced now. So it is becoming easier to accurately account for how, where and when items have been purchased or returned and to reflect that in turnover statements. Um, but at the moment, it's all really a matter for negotiation as to which items are within or outside of turnover. Um, I expect probably in time we might start to see landlords and tenants working together, perhaps in collaboration with some of the property industry bodies to produce a sort of market standard position to this.
No, I quite agree. I think if these are going to come prevalent, it should be fairly straightforward to try and get these uh, th- these terms standardised and to have market positions. And I think that's when we'll really start to see them spread. So, I mean, in conclusion, I don't think turnover leases are anything new. I think we'd seen a switch towards turnover rent starting over the past few years. And if anything, COVID-19 has probably just pushed us forward a few years um, compared to where we would otherwise be. Thank you both for explaining that to us. To our listeners, thank you for listening. As always, we are available via email, LinkedIn or Twitter. You can reach us at marketing at wslaw.co.uk or message us on our social media channels. The handle is at WSLaw. And let us know, what would you like to hear more about? Until next time, keep safe.